Hey there, thank you. Welcome to the Film Fan Club Show. I'm Sam Carico. Guys, guess what finally came out? Yeah, I know. The new remake of West Side Story. Just kidding. Spider-Man No Way Home brought in a pandemic record-breaking $253 million at the box office its opening weekend. I can personally attest to this. I saw it Thursday night, opening night, and the theater was packed. Man, I hadn't seen that many spiders in one room since my first apartment. I don't want to reveal too much, guys, but uh, yeah, Zendaya is in this movie. I mean, that's more than Dune can say. We'll talk spoilers in a second, but I'd like to give my initial thoughts first. To cut right to the chase, this is my favorite comic book movie of the year. The scope of this plot and the payoff is great. Tom Holland really makes the role his own this time, and his chemistry with Zendaya is on point. It's great to see the classic villains back as well, and it looks like the actors playing them are just having a ball doing so. I was worried that the multiverse elements of the story would distract from delivering a satisfying conclusion to this MCU Spider-Man trilogy, but director John Watts and the writers are able to jug all of these elements perfectly. I don't think I've seen a movie theater audience cheer at the screen this much in a while. If you're looking for airtight logic though, this film does leave a little bit to be desired. There's some plot points that had me scratching my head and some problems are solved a little too easily just to keep things moving along, but I see this film as more of a party or a celebration rather than something deep like The Dark Knight or Logan. This was clearly made for the fans, and while that's great for someone like me, it could leave some casual viewers confused. There were a couple times where my brother Gavin turned to me and asked, why are we clapping? But given the box office response to this movie though, I think it's safe to say that most of us are on the same page. This movie is full of surprises, reveals on the same level as Luke, I am your father. So if you haven't seen it yet, it's really best to go before it gets spoiled for you. If you're a superhero fan, I cannot recommend Spider-Man No Way Home enough. Okay, we've got a great show for you lined up. Let's get straight to our spoiler review. Okay, let's meet our panel. Joining me now live. Thank you all for joining us and uh, to join me on this panel today. Uh, we got first classic modern films, Clay Fisher returning to us after our No Time to Die video back in October. Welcome, Clay. How you doing? Hello, I'm doing great. And uh, Peyton, a uh, fan favorite, you know, uh, actor Peyton <laughs> based in Los Angeles, Such California. Such high demand to come back, I know. Oh. You, you started the season with us, and it's fair that you end 2021 with us again. Aww, so, you know, yeah. it's always a pleasure to have you guys both on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Man, so we already, I saw, you guys saw that my uh, uh, initial thoughts, I really like Spider-Man No Way Home. But let's, let's go back to you guys before we'll kind of go scene by scene here in a second. But Clay, you know, you saw this movie. Yeah. Uh, what were your, whenever you're walking out of the theater, what were you kind of, what was running through your head? I gotta go see it twice. I gotta go see it again. That's what I did, and that's what I did. Yeah, I went already. To see it again. Yeah, because this is a movie you you can't say that it is good without pretty much spoiling it. Just by it, just by saying that it is good, you're pretty much telling them what they were looking forward to. So you can just tell them life found a way. That's the only <laughs> way you can describe this movie. Life found a way to match what was the impossible to possibilities this had such high expectations going in and peyton you yeah. and i have been talking about this movie for a while now i think we did at least two separate live streams where we kind of like no no way home was kind of one of the big topics of conversation so mm -hmm. you know i just gotta ask did this live up to your expectations peyton 
it surpassed my expectations and I didn't even think it was possible. I, I because I, I've been following this movie for a long time and even some of the things they've tried to keep on the down low that we'll get into later. It, 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 people who were staying really close to the movie, they were able to figure out some of the things that they were wanting to hide and everything. And I thought I knew everything that was going to happen in the film. And I was shocked to see things happen that I, I didn't even know were going to happen. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I feel like you and I, I mean, we all kind of have been following this pretty closely. So I was like, okay, uh, this will be a spoiler review. This section of the video for those watching now, this section of the video will be a spoiler review. So, you know, we had a lot of anticipation about who might show up and, and I wanted to see it happen, but just, I, I, I kind of will get into this later, but the way they were able to contextualize uh, the big reveals, it wasn't just fan service for the sake of fan service. I thought it was, it was really something special. Again, it, like reveals on the level of Luke, uh, Luke, I am your father. I don't think that's an overstatement. Um, it's, and a lot of people have pointed out, but this is a, a really respectful movie to those that had come before it, which is really refreshing to see. Whereas I think that nowadays it's really fun to just kind of like subvert expectations. This movie was able to kind of, you know, give the fans what they want, but they kind of give it to them in a way that was also a really satisfying story. So let's kind of like unpack this thing a little bit. You know, it starts off, I, I enjoy a movie where it starts off right after the last one ends. And that's what this one does. Uh, it, right in the post credit scene of Far From Home, his, his, uh, his uh, I guess, uh, identity is revealed by J. Jonah Jameson, who is really fun in this. Uh, and uh, Peter's now stuck like with being the most famous person in the world. He has to tell it to MJ. Like As we kind of start with the where the world is at the beginning of this movie, Clay, what did you kind of think about how he's dealing with this, you know, the fallout from the previous film at the beginning? Well, I thought uh, the opening was very quick. It was very rapid. The editing was so quick showing okay, uh, everybody is going up against him. He has fans. He has people that hate him. So there's half and half who support him. And then there are the people who think he's a murderer. And you see this, this heavy burden that he's carrying now. It's like the celebrity burdenness, I guess. And since pretty much his whole life has been ruined and his friends' lives have been ruined, I kind of, I, I, I pretty much thought, thought it was okay. It was a good way to to take drastic methods with dr strange so those few minutes the, the first 20 minutes of him with with mj i wasn't mm. you know i wasn't there hoping for the villains and the other actors to come out you know i was still sucked in to the drama of what the peter parker the tom holland character was going through because that is something we have to give credit to tom holland is that he is a very good actor that he doesn't make you want to just look at the clock and wait for the following actor to show up like he 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 you get so focused into what he's going with or the issues that this character is having that you forget about the other characters yeah i'll be honest i was kind of at this first uh section of the film you know before i knew they were going to get into a lot of the big reveals i was kind of going into the theater i was like all right we'll just get through this part until we get to the fun stuff and they were able to kind of, there was enough meat there to the story. You mentioned how he's kind of a celebrity now. And I liked how they were able to kind of ride that line between, they show it in school. Like there are some people who really adore Spider-Man now. And there are a lot of people who really hate Spider-Man now. Uh, Peyton, how did you kind of take to this new changing dynamic for our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? Oh, you were just making me think of a point where it's so funny, where two teachers are super yeah. supportive as he's coming into school. And then the coach is like, I hate you. <laughs> I'm with Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. It's just because that's how it would be. I, I honestly wish 
we, we could have seen a little more of it in the school environment and everything. Like we know just from like everything it's telling us like, yeah, some people hate Spider-Man. Some people like Spider-Man. We got a few interactions he has with people along the way. And then the whole MIT situation is why he goes to visit Strange in the first place. And uh, I, I, in my opinion, I think it did go by a little quickly, the whole opening and everything. And it was fun to see that uh, he's vis visiting Strange, uh, not really for any selfish reasons, uh, because in the trailers, we just kind of see him. He just wants everybody to forget. And uh, he's doing it because of his friends. I think that's a is, really important distinction. It is. It really is. And yeah, I mean, it, it's always good to get to the fun part. And that's they know that's why a lot of people came and they're like, OK, let's get through all of the exposition we need to get through so that they can see all of their favorite villains. Right. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I get why they did it, but me personally, maybe a little more interaction with his, this new world he has to interact with. And you kind of brought up something that I, I was feeling a little bit like contentious about going into the film. And I still don't know quite where I, I, I settle with it. Because, so it'll be interesting to see how it hits you guys now that you both have seen the movie. But like, I, and I think it helps that he's doing it for his friends. But the idea that, yeah, Peter is kind of being dumb in this movie by talking during Dr. Strange's spell, taking something that's very serious and not treating it very seriously. And then another issue they didn't, that I hadn't even considered until it was brought up in the film where this was his first course of action, apparently after <laughs> he failed to, to actually get into MIT. So, so I don't know, Peyton and I, we kind of discussed this a little bit, but Clay, I'm curious to hear what you think. Do you think it kind of takes away from Peter? Do you think it like to make him like, I don't know, make stupid decisions? I mean, they pretty much made him seem like a kid. I mean, yeah. kids make stupid decisions. They make dumb decisions. And so it would make sense that he would be botching or ruining somebody's spell or not thinking through and go talk to the to the MIT uh, president or whoever is in lead of that. I mean, he's been like that since Civil War, who makes dumb comments, dumb decisions. Sometimes even the comedy was getting too much. Like it was sometimes it was overbearing in my opinion especially with his friend but mm -hmm. but but he would always but at the end of the day it was it made sense why he would always mess up because he's a kid you know he's a kid who was dragged into this big world of superheroes who was much more overwhelmed by it than than to get into the mission you know yeah yeah that, that's a good point and it is kind of part of of his arc you know that he's he's a kid at the beginning of this film he's still learning and over, by the end of it he's become independent and learned yeah. these lessons but also uh peyton throw it to you is, is it on the flip side is it is it peter's fault for botching the spell or is it dr strange's fault for not uh explaining the spell beforehand i i, I mean <laughs> i as soon as dr strange I, I mean, people can take both sides in this. Uh, <laughs> the whole situation is very, it's very righty. Like, I feel like uh, nobody would actually talk like that in real life or anything. As soon as Strange would be like, hey, you got you to gotta shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the spell is going to go back. I just feel like anybody would be like, okay, but we need the movie to happen. Right. So we, we keep making Peter do all this. Oh, oh, but but I, I, I don't think MJ should forget and everything. And so that is one part of the movie where I feel like they kind of that whole opening and they've done it in the past movies before. Yes, he is a kid, 
but he's constantly making just some really dumb decisions that I can't really go like, oh, he's a kid. Uh, kids, kids would botch a magical spell and keep just, I don't know. I don't know. They, like you said, I they never... need to make the movie happen, but I, I yeah. was worried it was at the expense of our characters. I mean, I, I, I can't relate to a kid who has ever botched a magic spell. I've never <laughs> seen that. I haven't seen that yet. Who hasn't botched a magic spell when they were in high school? That's honestly. what I'm Ron, saying. Ron Weasley. Ron, <laughs> Ron Weasley. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I, and then that kind of, I think that leads us to, is that what we, he goes, so then he does go to, uh, we're kind of probably skipping around, but I think the next big thing after that is he goes to meet the MIT uh, president and well okay, okay daredevil i guess i skipped right over daredevil there is daredevil oh, yeah. my brother uh my brother which again doesn't really amount to much i guess he's used to explain away the legal ramifications of what happened in the previous movie it's like the movie's way of saying like peter's not going to go to jail we're going to move on like people know his identity but legally he's kind of okay mm -hmm. you know what did you guys Clay, what did you make of, of Daredevil and, and did this kind of swat away the problems from the previous movie a little bit too easily? I mean, all I got from there is Daredevil is in it. Yeah. In the Marvel Universe. That's all I got. I think nobody was listening too much to the, the dialogue. The, the dialogue. They were just paying attention to that. Matt Mordock, the actor <clears throat> from the Netflix Daredevil show, is there in. Who knows? I'm I'm curious what they're gonna do with him in these following Marvel movies. Like you is wouldn't... He think that they would bring back Matt Murdock and the Kingpin. Spoiler alert for Hawkeye, sorry. But Mac Burner, Mac Murdock and the Kingpin are brought back within like the same week. They've got to have like a plan for that, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I hope they might use them for the bigs, for their big movies, like for Secret Invasion, whatever. Right. Yeah, but it was just one cameo. It didn't hurt. It was just <laughs> to show that he's there. I mean... Now we all want to see the three reds, Spidey, Daredevil, and Deadpool. And Deadpool. And the, you can do it now with uh, the way that Disney owns all the properties because Disney's a right. mega conglomerate. <laughs> they own the world. They own the world. Soon, my brother. The galaxy. Uh, oh, and soon the galaxy. The Guardians. Are the, no, my brother looks to me whenever Daredevil comes on screen and he goes, who is that? Because <laughs> it's just a guy in a suit to him. But Peyton, what did you make right. of this? Oh, I, Clay nailed it. It's literally just a show. Hey, Daredevil's <laughs> in the MCU now. That was How the first. That? that was the first <laughs> in my theater. That was the first eruption of applause and cheers. Okay, Same. that was the first one for you guys. I guess I'm trying to think if we had before that. I don't know. This was no, probably this was... The, again the most times we had ever clapped in a theater. I think at least for me. So th I think this might have been the first one. But the next one was shortly after because, like I was talking about earlier, the Doc Ock scene happens, and I, I thought the Doc Doc Ock scene was pretty great. I wanted to get a pretty good fight out of him because I had a sense that he was going to uh, turn good after a while. So like I really liked the the. I mean, they they had him say the line, "The power of the sun and the palm of my hand." I was like, wow, yes. they're really just going for it, you know. Um, so that was amazing. His fight scenes were pretty good. I was a little bit worried that there were going to be no um, no puppeteers or anything like that. I was like, damn, I would have loved a little bit of practical effects. But what you can do with the digital effects now, I mean, you were able to give me a pretty badass Dr. Octopus fight scene. So I was pretty happy with that. And then, of course, uh, it, it ends with, you know, our kind of our discovery of the multiverses, the Peter, you know, his... His uh, nanotech pairs with Doc Ock's, like, really... His nanotech pairs with Doc Ock's tentacles way easier than any time I get a new, like, Bluetooth <laughs> speaker. It's mm -hmm. like, it, it, take all, it takes all day for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, what did you guys think of this first uh, Doc Ock uh, fight and then kind of just that whole scene? You know, the pairing, the eventual realization that he's not the right Peter, and then the fight. Clay? 
I mean, I was worried. I was worried at first that the villains would be a whole bunch of jokes. You know, like in the second trailer, they were making fun of his name, Otto Octavius, and Which, I didn't see. Yeah. I didn't see what was the point of that. Like, I don't want to laugh at Doc Ock. Like, I want to be in awe that all of these villains are in this one movie. Probably we're gonna see them one last time. So why not enjoy them being all? I don't want to laugh at them, but right. I, but they were not. They were not the the punchline the whole time. So they were pretty. They were used pretty decently and, oh, not decently, pretty good, actually. But Doc Ock was uh, one of those few that were actually really good. For example, like, you know, he, you, I knew he was going to go back being the good, the good person because in the Spider-Man 2 movie, he mm-hmm. wasn't a bad person. He was just uh, ambitious. And, and all I was just thinking about the, nano, the Doc Ock with the nanotech, it was just toys, more toys. Yeah. You got to sell those red tentacles now. But yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, I just I was just a bit worried once he got the nanotech where uh, where Spider-Man was just controlling him. I was just worried that from there on he's just gonna be comedy, comedy, just make fun of Doc Ock. But yeah, you know, they gave him enough respect from there on. And yeah, after what, that, oh, well, yeah. I was just gonna say what I liked is yeah, they were able to find that fine line of like giving the 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 restraining him with the arms, finding a little bit of comedy with that. But when you really unlock you know the potential i think with that character in this movie is whenever you get you uh take you undo his in, or you give him back his inhibitor chip or whatever and then he becomes kind of the the truly good octavius uh yeah. that that we know but yeah uh, peyton what did you think of the dr octopus scene that is one of the main out of all the villains he was the villain i was excited to see the most on screen and i know a lot of people they they might want to see green goblin more or something like that but it, more of what I, I i was stoked to see doc ock come back because spider-man 2 was my childhood man the amount of times i would dress up as spider-man put the dvd on in my room and <laughs> yeah. then like skip to the train fight and just act it out on my bed like that movie's ingrained in my brain and the bridge fight is cool if you're keeping up with the movie as much as i was 99% of the trailer material was all from that bridge fight. So we had the whole fight in like uh, promotional material. Yeah, so like, yeah. like not all good. not put together though. But you know, not I was... put together, but I watched a fan edit where they were like, uh, here's all of the like promotional footage of the bridge fight and here's the order I think it's going to be in and they just slapped it all together. Well, why I would mean, you watch that, Peyton? <laughs> because yeah. I I watched every form of the, any leak, you know, any everything. I was on top of it, just watching that's it. Just, that's destroying the experience. But you know, I was looking, talking about the fight. I wasn't expecting it to be, you know, that good because they fight uh, plenty of time, and I was very invested in it. And a while back, I was watching Spider-Man Two again, and I just noticed how long the tentacles were in this one. Because in mm-hmm. in the in the Tobey Maguire one, he wouldn't stretch them as long, but in here, he's like. Uh, I noticed that he, too. He's he's close to falling into the river. Yeah, yeah. Hanging. I noticed that there are also like they there's times when they seem thinner, I guess, but it's just because yes. it, it is kind of the draw of, or the drawback of having yeah CGI rather than a a tangible thing. Because if there's a tangible thing, it's never going to change in scale. Whereas if it's CGI, it just depends on how you draw it in that scene. I imagine. <laughs> I don't know what it, I've, I've CG artists CGI <laughs> artists are very talented, and I have no idea what goes into that. But I mean. Again, I was very impressed with the Doc Ock scene. I was a little bit worried, like like you, Clay, that they were going to make fun of him. I still don't like the Otto Octavius, like making fun of his name a little yeah, bit. But yeah, but I, I 
Yeah, I didn't get it, but like I think they were able to. I did like having him be evil and have him be restrained, though. I thought that was made for some really funny banter uh, with the rest of the villains. Because I think is it whenever um, I'm trying to remember because he meets Otto Octavius, and he takes him down to where Kurt Connors and uh, yeah, we see a brief uh, uh, glimpse of the Green Goblin, which was a little bit of a tease. I thought they were going to fight on the bridge. But then I realized, yeah, that's the only shot we've seen of Norman on the on the bridge. So, uh, so we they but, go to uh, I guess Strange with Doc Ock, and then now and Strange has already has the lizard. Is that am I, am I right on that, that guys? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's when Strange kind of explains the multiverse. Clay. Oh, I just want a question. Did you guys notice that Doc Ock was much more bitter in this one than in the Tobey Maguire one? He seemed Every, angry all the time. He was like, pissed. Like, he was... you want brownies? No, I don't want brownies. <laughs> yeah, there was a there's a, he's like talking to Zendaya and Ned in the the Sanctum, and he like it like in Doctor Octopus is just in the back room. And he's just like, who are they? Like, it's just really funny <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, I love him in this movie, and they're able to like do some like again. There's a couple of cringe attempts at comedy, but for the most part, I think the comedy really works. Uh, the lizard, I don't think talks at all in this scene. I think that it's just strange explaining the uh, the idea of the multiverse to Peter. But does the multiverse or like the rules? I still have a problem with the rules, I guess, because it's anybody who knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man is brought into this universe. But like, I don't think Electro knew that he was Spider-Man, right? And Venom definitely doesn't know. <laughs> well, can we talk about like Venom? Venom is in the this right. movie in the post-credit scene, and it's <laughs> he's brought here under the same spell as Doctor Strange, right? That, that yeah. the one that they botched, but he has no idea who who Peter Parker is in this universe I or in his was reading a thing of like there there a lot of people are theorizing some kind of like mind hive in oh, the symbiote you, thing that like all okay. of the symbiotes kind of like share memory throughout all universes and all different whatever like okay a co-worker all, brought all that up like, today and i yeah. was like I, I whenever i was talking to her then too i was like i don't know if i buy that it's bull but it's the best we got right now i feel like if, yeah. I, if, if the movie doesn't say it then it's it's not real you know or, right is it possible it that dr strange got the idea that he just misinterpreted it you know like it's possible that there there is just so little <laughs> that we know and he's just like okay doc ock knows who spider-man is so does the lizard that's obviously the connecting issue, you know, and that's it. Is it possible he got it wrong or is it possible the the movie's wrong, which is let's more just, likely? Let's just call it for what it is, inconsistencies. Because when it comes yeah. to when it comes to time travel with Marvel, there are so many inconsistencies, a lot of bull, a lot of rules that they don't even follow. And this is one of those where they don't follow their own rules, where there's a lot of things where one character said this in the other movies, but they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I remember liking an Endgame a lot uh, at first, and then being like, "Wait, this doesn't make sense." Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a little bit of my fear. That's why I'm. That's why I was thinking, you know, with so much th the big hype that there is in this movie, that in a few months or once we see it over and over, we're gonna notice more of these inconsistencies and say maybe No Way Out wasn't as good, or mm -hmm. it'll it'll still be entertaining. But when it comes to the multiverse, trying to explain find the logic reasons when there's none of that you yeah. can't you can't and plus you're gonna find more inconsistencies than anything and probably that's gonna hurt most people's views about about this movie once they see it over and over again to me it's not gonna bother me because because i just love seeing all these villains together 
Yeah, that that's what's the real crux of this movie is i think is whether like how much of it are you really here for a cohesive plot and how much are you here for like like a day of the doctor kind of like anniversary special kind of kind of event film <laughs> kind of thing uh the next big thing that happens is of course they go to to pack, capture uh, i don't know if they're look i think they go to look for the green goblin and then they just find electro and uh flint marco right and then uh, yeah. they have a pretty good battle there too. I think I don't understand at all how uh, Jamie Fox is not blue in this universe. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Nobody has. has a thing. He, well, know. he says he says like the energy in this world is different. I that's, like it. Yeah. It, yeah right. it, again, it's it's terrible. Maybe, but that's but what they've given us. That's what they say. Yeah. Maybe he's a different Jamie Fox from another universe. But he remembers Andrew Garfield, right? Or like, right. Yeah. Maybe this is maybe this is the harder version of Jamie Foxx. <laughs> yeah. Or does he? But know? It, no, no, it's just inconsistency. And plus, it's yeah. Mar it's Marvel uh, trying to 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 add the the traditional electro costume instead yeah. of the newer and improved and updated version of the blue suit, which it was pretty. Oh, you go ahead. No, no, because because uh, it back then it would have been too silly to show the the thunder lightning on his face the yellow lightning that he has that's what i was gonna say yeah it's exactly i actually like the the, the suit how it looks in this and it's yeah. funny because they were so scared to do it at first and they yes. do it here and it's like it actually looks kind of badass and but, even yeah. though, and even though jamie fox is inconsistent from the from the amazing spider-man 2 i mean i don't mind because he did sound pretty cool like it was a very different point of view that we got scientists point of view and then there's some yeah he was kind of the everyman thug. wasn't he this this was more like a thug point of view version like uh, i don't want to do this what is mm -hmm. this yeah he's like i just want the power you know i don't care about you know all this other shit i just want to you know I'm get as big boy. as i can i'm a frying but... boy oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a uh yeah that was a pretty good fight i like the fight i don't understand why uh sandman is immediately there to help uh it's just kind of what the movie wants also at the time i guess Let's just why does happy. he turn bad yeah exactly why yeah he's suddenly like why why is he like Oh hey, I'm I'm, I'm bad now. Yeah. it's just uh, the I'm, poor poor Sandman and Lizard were kind of the bench warmers of the movie. Yeah, and right. didn't get a lot of. Uh, it was sad. I mean, once <laughs> once uh, by the end of by the end of the movie, I realized they were not in this movie. They only their voices. They just borrowed their voices. Yeah, and, and it, I think yeah. they literally reused uh, footage from. Yeah, uh, did you notice that? Three. Yeah, I saw. I yes. Yeah, exactly. The, the the finger thing or whatever, where he's because like holding his hand. It's like down the in the water, scene. like exactly. Tunnel. Yeah. Because I was wondering why was this? Why was the Sandman in covered in sand the whole time? The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's because he really wasn't there. Well, it made for some good. Con I did like the scene where he sits down and gets sand like all over the uh, the couch, and uh, that was fun. And then uh, so yeah, they we get the good fight. They do fight. Good fight. Uh, I like how they there was a smart way uh, to to defeat. Uh, uh, Max Electro. Dillon is a oh, electro, yeah. yeah, and uh, then I think, uh, oh yeah, then that brings us to Norman Osborn, and then so the two people that I did not expect to have as much screen screen time as they did are Electro. He had a lot of uh, screen time, I think, for how little of a role I thought he would have, and then Norman Osborn, like he, I, I knew I thought he would be Green Goblin, mm -hmm. he would be in some fight scenes and maybe some CGI and a couple scenes with Willem Dafoe, but Willem Dafoe really has a good section of this film here in the middle and he gets to you know act a little bit and you know that scene where we first meet him in uh, the feast facility and he looks like a homeless guy and he's like he's like 
you know, I'm just trying to go to work one day. And then I realized that, uh, you know, Oscorp doesn't exist and my son's not here. It was like really good. Clay, what did mm -hmm. you think of Norman's kind of reintroduction? I loved it. I mean, it, Peyton, you said you were looking forward to Doc Gog. I was looking forward to the Green Goblin. That was the second. Oh, yeah, that was the second burst of applause and cheers we got when the bomb was thrown in. Yeah. With the Green Goblin. We were kind of disappointed once they removed him without right. I, I wanted to see him a little bit more with the mask. But but he I was surprised how he was like the main villain. Like out of all the five villains, like he was the main villain. And it was he, so good. And it was so good. I mean, would you consider that he was much scarier in this? Because oh. He yeah. doesn't wear the mask anymore. Yeah, it was really such a good decision, I think, to, to have him not wear the mask. Because, yeah, Willem Dafoe's just creepy face just does all the work. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, like, even I try to make his faces, but then people start bursting in laughter. I'm like, <laughs> how do you do that? How do you, how do you, how, how are you so creepy? And I'm just, yeah, comic. He has some tough dialogue, too, to make work. Like, you know, some of his, his stuff could come off really cheesy, but, like, I think the way that he leans into it, he's like, he is like the Peter, the Joker to, to Peter, you know, Peter's Batman. And it's amazing that he's able to be that for two separate iterations of Spider-Man. Like, I'm sorry, Tom Holland can't do uh, Green Goblin now. Like, because now Willem Dafoe is his Green Goblin. Like, that's right. just, you can't replace him in this universe even. I don't even try. You know, it's kind of, if anything, they just do have to do the J.K. Simmons thing where they just literally bring him back as a new version of the character. And, you know, I think it adds more to this Green Goblin as a menace, you know, as a, as a, as the main villain for Spider-Man because later we see what he does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get there. They make him literally like the Joker in oh, Batman man. 1989 a little bit. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. And that's when I was starting to take him more seriously as a threat because in the first movie with Tobey Maguire, like, you still, uh, I, I mean, as a kid, I used to like the Green Goblin, but the uh, the older I got, you know, the, the more I saw a little bit of the corniness and the campiness of it, that there wasn't really much of a threat until you see him in this version where he is so conflicted. He's You see the, the pain that he's going through of being consumed by this uh, double personality that is driven him, that has driven him insane. And and I was just war I, I was just uh, in suspense, hoping when is the when is the moment that he's gonna snap? Right. I knew he was he would be the one that snapped. Oh yeah, they the played whole... it so well too. They were like that because you could feel the tension in the air when he eventually does, and he start like. And there were a couple things that uh, Doctor Octopus would say to him even before he eventually the did second... snap. There were a couple right. things where he was like, he, he, he would the say second, it to Norman, and I'd be like, ugh. The second time I saw the movie, that's when I noticed when Doc Ock is telling him, like, are you ready to go home? Like, we made mm -hmm. it. We made it. And he, and that's when you look at him in the back. He's like, you, from there, you can tell he, that's the Green Goblin again. He's like, no, he doesn't want to go back, but he's just still playing the Norman Osborn game. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. was, that. that's when I realized, oh, God, this. This is a good actor. Like William Defoe is a good actor, and plus he's been Nosferatu, and he's been in the Lighthouse movie. Like he's he's done a lot of creepy uh, acting before. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And sometimes, so oh, sometimes sometimes I even call him William the Fuck. The Every fuck. Yeah, that's how fuck. he makes you feel. <laughs> yeah, when he makes the those fuck. those when he makes those faces, like William the Fuck. Yeah. And Clay, oh, yeah. you've seen the the Lighthouse, right? Mm -hmm. And Peyton, have you seen The Lighthouse? No, I haven't gotten around to it yet. So oh, good. And anybody yeah. watching this that hasn't seen The Lighthouse, 
Dude, so it, good. It's such a difficult. Those lines were so difficult to make in in one shot. The one where he has mm -hmm. those eyes popping out. That's what it sort of reminded me when he was back being like the crazy Green Goblin. I was thinking of like the lighthouse. Lots of lighthouse energy in this movie uh -huh. for sure. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'll play my. I'll have a second video that I'm going to play here in a second. Uh, but, but let's try and get up to the big scene where the, the all the villains turn. Um, so yeah, that basically. Uh, I think there was a yeah that. Uh, Norman Osborn goes back with all the, the villains and they get uh, put in the Sanctum Sanctorum. And then I think that's whenever that we kind of have our fight with Strange because then they start to all realize that they're going to be uh, killed eventually. So uh, we have this big mirror dimension fight with Strange. It was marketed a lot as being kind of the big money shot, obviously, because they couldn't tease a lot of the other stuff. And, you know, it was on all the posters. I thought it, it, on the posters it looked like shit. In, in a lot of the trailers, it looked like I was going to vomit. But like, I think in the movie, the mirror dimension fight was really badass, and the way that 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 uh, Peter was able to defeat him was uh, a little bit lame, a little bit cringe. But I thought it was kind of cool, you know. So uh, geometry. So yeah. yeah, exactly. And I I, I wow. do like the idea of because this is what the, the the MCU was originally based on was taking magic and things and being able to like boil it down to a science, and that's kind of what mm -hmm. you know. I like if anybody's going to be able to do that, it's Spider-Man. So, so yeah. And then this also kind of takes us to the uh, Doctor Strange kind of being sidelined for most of the film. So that way the rest of the film can happen. Uh, what do you guys think of this big mirror dimension fight? And then uh, Doctor Strange being sidelined. Peyton, Clay? Uh, Clay? You can go. Oh, okay. Uh, I was not expecting them to be a fight. I thought they were in the trailers. I thought they would be, you know, trapped or getting lost in this crazy multi-universe. And they would try to find a way out. So I wasn't expecting him to fight, and I thought it was I, it, it's a fight I wasn't expecting, or that I didn't know I wanted to see. So overall, it was a a, um, a bunch of madness, which I enjoyed, and pretty much it was a way to you know, you know when when you put it like that, that at the end of the day, Matt defeated Doctor Strange. Would you prefer if would you prefer Love to, yeah. to <laughs> defeat him? <laughs> it, it's it's either Matt or Love that conquers in the end. What do you prefer? What yeah. do you want? Yes. Uh, but before the the fight with Doctor Strange, what I really liked was the the struggle or like the dilemma between the villains about death and what they can control. And this, uh, what was more interesting was Spider Man's emotional debate against Doctor Strange's logical debate. Yeah. So this multiverse fight that they had, it was a more of a philosophical debate of maybe we can change these people that don't belong in our universe versus Dr. Strange's logical uh, dilemma that if we change them, they're going to mess up their timelines and probably ours. And if they, they he gives them the Rocky for answer. If they die, they die. He gives them the Russian accent. Yeah. I thought that was uh, really interesting too. Yeah, I didn't think about that. How it was kind of parallel the moral dilemma they were having. The real fight was actually parallel paralleling kind of the the moral fight. And I and I previously thought about that too. If I was in that position, would I choose? Would I side with Doctor Strange? Or would I side with Peter? And also Peter, knowing that they're villains, is he kind of naive, being like, I can fix him? Yeah. Because. But that's also because he has he spends time with them. He talks with them, and yeah. he looks at their humanity. Like the like the most emotional line from L the lizard is, "Do I die?" Like everybody dies, yeah. but we know the lizard doesn't die. But he is the last one asking, "Hey, so what happens to me? Do I mm -hmm. die?" And nobody mm -hmm. answers him. 
And once Doctor Strange is ready to send them back home, they're all uh, hitting their windows. They're scared. They're scared mm-hmm. out of their light, out of their lives, because they know they're gonna die. That was a pretty and, like s- scary scene too. Like it made me feel for him, you know. Like especially for William Dafoe. Peter. Peter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Peyton, yeah. So- uh, Doctor Strange versus uh, Spider Man. It's, it was cool. I haven't watched <laughs> Doctor Strange in a long time. So I, I don't think I have since they, the theaters. I I forget how much of a spectacle it can be. Like all of those cool like warping mirror dimension effects they can do. And seeing Spider-Man try to traverse his way uh, through this whole... It's called the mirror dimension, right? Yeah. Dude, I've seen Doctor Strange. Yeah, like you, I think once. And, <laughs> and then I haven't watched it uh, ever again. Uh, I think it's underrated. Yeah. It, it was good. I remember, like, it was good, but, like, I, the, I'm sorry, the character of Doctor Strange, it never, it never appealed to me. But I, I like Benedict Cumberbatch. He's cool. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I dug it. It was just a spectacle to me. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Did you, like, who would you side with in the moral dilemma if you had Oh, to, you know, I, I would trust the space wizard who seems to know more <laughs> than me. Yeah. Like, That's yeah. Because it immediately blows up in his face in, like, the next scene, doesn't it? Is that when they all right. go back to the thing and they work on the cure and then immediately, like, Aunt May dies? Like, it's, yeah. like, sad. And not to gloss over it, but that's kind of what happens. To give the condensed version. And yeah. The one scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't listen to Doctor Strange and then Aunt May dies. <laughs> Basically, though. I mean, okay, yeah. so, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. It was, a, it was a big, yeah, so they all go back there. They have a fun montage. I didn't realize they they were kind of, like, most of the way there on a lot of the villains' cures. Like I guess Norman's they almost completed before he escaped or whatever. Or did they or did Nor- or some people said that Norman reverse engineered his to where actually it did the opposite effect, where like whenever he took the serum, it like made him mm. him more uh. goblin or something. I don't know if that's true, if that's just somebody the way somebody I talked to interpreted the film. Um, but uh but yeah, the backs backfires in his face. We have the awesome scene where Willem Dafoe is crazy and then all the villains break out sandman changes sides for no reason whatsoever and then um he trusts nobody he just trusts nobody and then uh we take a a a second to have an amazing fight like probably the most brutal fight of the film is the one between green goblin and and uh, i was about to say green goblin and marissa tomei but like (laughs) green goblin and peter parker that like they're like trying to kill each other like really hardcore They were, they were they were having a pro wrestling match. Did you notice that spinebuster he hit on Spider Man? Yeah. <laughs> like, and he even gave him a power bomb. But it's the bomb. <laughs> yeah, they were going like through uh through like the, through the, the walls. floors and everything. And like, it made me wonder, like, okay, just how powerful is Spider Man, and just how powerful is Norman? Like, because he's still like a sixty year old dude. <laughs> they would have gone through the ninth level of hell after that Basically. power bomb. <laughs> I mean, you were bringing. I was questioning Norman's strength. I was like, I had no idea this guy could do all this because, right. I mean, in a, in a let's be real, in the Raimi films, a lot of the fights they kind of feel like something you might see in like a Power Rangers movie Especially or something. It's that very last choreographed, fight. like yeah, like we knew he was strong, but maybe because I, I didn't know they could dial it up to twenty. Maybe because this it, film. Maybe because he was a kid, he was like smaller than Tobey Maguire, maybe lighter, a lighter weight. <laughs> That's yeah, you could just toss Tom Holland around way easier. It's like big show going on with Rey Mysterio. Boom. 
I thought it was a great fight. It was oh, actually yeah. really good. There's a, a moment where he's like just trying to beat the shit out of Norman and he's just smiling <laughs> at him the whole time. Yeah, and again, and that's whenever I was solidified, like that's why you take the mask off. That's why you take yeah. the mask off. It was perfect. I thought it was and also, so good. And there's a moment where you also realize that this is a kid fighting an a bigger <laughs> an adult. An adult yeah. when when he when Toby when when uh, Tom Holland is the one who's on the floor like bleeding to dead and the Green Goblin is the one holding him in with his on his his head. That's like you realize, oh my god, this is a boy getting abused by this adult. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then of course we have the big thing. The big thing happened. I I thought it was beautiful. I my this might have been the first time I I, I welled up. And, and when we come back from this video, I'm about to play. I'll talk about crying a little bit more. But uh, this might be the first time that I cried during the theater. You know, I'm not ashamed to admit I teared up a little bit during this movie because they have Aunt May die. It's a really sad scene, and she's he's like, oh my god, this is my. I don't know the, the exact dialogue, but he's like, oh my god, this is all my fault. I messed up. She's like, no, it's okay. It's not your fault. Remember, Peter, with great power comes great responsibility and i'm just like damn they went there and they did the thing and then 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 they then they do the more cliche thing where that she looks down and she's bleeding and then but whenever she like the dialogue when she's like you know she just says i'm just gonna rest my or like take sit down for a second like it was really as far as deaths go it was a really good death uh i thought you know and, and i i'm sure that the her having her say the line can be a little bit divisive and i haven't talked to either of you guys on it my brother didn't like that they had her say the line he's like that's uncle ben's line and uh so i loved it though i, I think that's how you subvert expectations in the right way it was really meaningful so yeah clay what did you think of uh, uh with great power comes great responsibility and aunt may aunt may's death i mean if i didn't cry in endgame i knew i wasn't gonna cry in this one really but, no i didn't cry I didn't cry. I, I felt bastard. I felt bad. Like I was surprised that she died. I Everyone's crying, and Clay's like, "That sucks." <laughs> well, let's move on. <laughs> exactly. That's so but, funny. But after that, also, yeah, it was a, a very emotional scene. Like that, from that moment, is when it got deeply emotional. Mm -hmm. And plus, I wasn't expecting Aunt May to be the one right. holding the Uncle Ben torch, and also. In this ver in this version of Spider Man, it's pretty much clear there is no Uncle Ben. Well, there was. I think originally, I think that he died off screen. Uh, I, but I just don't think yeah. he said the words. But they never meant. But they never say tell mention his if he had an uncle. In in, in there's Easter home, eggs in Homecoming and Far From Home. In Far From Home, he has a uh, his the suitcase that he takes with him to Europe says BP on it, so it's it's like supposed to be uh, Uncle Ben's uh, suitcase. But that's a very vague reference, so. Okay. Um, I could see how but, you, how it, it's still debatable, I guess. Yeah, because because even then, like if let's say if the Uncle Ben in the in Tom Holland's version doesn't exist, then why did he become Spider Man? Because that's pretty much the whole point that he would become Spider Man. But again, it, either you're right, or this is just a different Spider Man from another universe. You know? Yeah. And yeah. And yeah, like the the Ant May dead. Like I said, I wasn't expecting it, and. This is something you're gonna learn when it comes to dead movie scenes. You never look at your wound. You exactly. Never, never, never look at your wound. If you just go straight to the hospital, you'll be fine. <laughs> like, like Sam, what is that? Oh, nothing. I'm nothing. fine. <laughs> nothing. I I see blood. There's I you got shot. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> no. I don't want to look. Oh, crap. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> uh, Peyton, uh, Aunt May is a big scene. It, it, it was huge. I 
my money was actually on all of that going to Happy. I thought Happy was going to be the yeah. one we lost in this film. Yeah, we talked uh, about it in our predictions video, and I agreed. I was like, yeah, it looks like Happy's going to be dead. Yeah, I was pretty sure Happy was the one that was going to get uh, killed off. But it's fun to know now <laughs> that uh, if you say the line with great power comes great responsibility, you have to die. You literally after have that. To. This is now the rule. So in yeah. any universe any multiverse, whatever, if anybody speaks those words, I don't make the rules. You have to die. So it's good to know this. We got it locked in. Who's next? <laughs> so, MJ. MJ, yeah, just don't MJ. say it. It's like uh, he who shall not be named, you know, except right. the phrase With that great shall power not be said. No, 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 no. Shut, shut, no, 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 no. We get it. You don't have to say it. Just you know what? You know, you know, the Uncle Ben from Amazing Spider-Man worded it a much better. Than, yeah, he did. Yeah. If, if, I wanted to be that guy when they met, they say, my uncle said the same thing. I'm like, I want to be like, technically yours didn't. But yes, he said, <laughs> I think he said, if you can do good for others, you have the moral obligation to yeah. do it. Yeah. That it was the thing. You have not the moral choice. obligation to do those things. Not Here. choice, responsibility. Oh, there, I'm not going to die. I said it. He thought he was safe. <laughs> Little did he know. <laughs> no. Yeah, big scene. So I think that's kind of brings us to right up until the big thing happens. Because uh, now, now uh, our friends are all separated. Uh, Peter's at his lowest point. And then the big thing happens. So before we get into that, you know, I was kind of thinking about what the next movie could be called. And this is our uh, winter finale here on the Film Fan Club show. So uh, in, just in case Spider-Man 4 gets announced uh, while the <laughs> we're going to be on hiatus, I wanted to kind of bring... Uh, a couple of options uh, to the table, you know. So just in case, I didn't want I didn't want them to like you know reveal it and have me be wrong, you know, or like so preemptively I'm going to predict some of the titles for Spider-Man uh, Four, whatever it may be. So if you'll bear with me for a moment, I'm going to sure add this. Many of you noticed. Thank you so much, Sam. Uh, if you bear with me for just one <laughs> second, I'm going to uh, predict those. So uh, I'll see you guys on the other side of this video. First up, I'm sure many of you noticed that it was winter time when Spider-Man No Way Home ended, so if the next movie picks up right where this one left off, it would make sense if they called it Spider-Man Home for the Holidays. They could even take it a step further and reference a Christmas classic, call it Spider-Man Home Alone. I don't know if you guys have been following the economy lately, but I mean, given how it's going, the next one could be called Spider-Man Homeless. There were a couple hints in the previous movies as to what the next one could be called. For instance, I'm betting on Spider-Man No Homo. It's possible that they could do kind of a midquel, you know, during the events of No Way Home. For instance, it could pick up, you know, right after Aunt May dies, call it Spider-Man Funeral Home. Maybe Spider-Man has to get like a second job or something. Maybe working at the Daily Bugle isn't cutting it for him anymore, so he has to get a second one, call it Spider-Man Home Depot. I've always thought the concept of an older Spider-Man would be kind of cool, so if they went that route with it, maybe they could call the next movie Spider-Man Retirement Home. There are a lot of rumors, for instance, maybe they'll introduce Gwen Stacy in the next movie, so call that one Spider-Man Home Wrecker. It is possible, you know, if they continue the partnership with Dins Disney, they lean on some of the previous material for that, call it Spider-Man Homeward Bound. Marvel has done time travel before, though, you know, so maybe they pull a Back to the Future Part 3 on us, call it... Spider-Man Home on the Range. There are a lot of options, so regardless of what they end up picking, we'll keep you updated here at the Film Fan Club Show. 
All right. That's that's uh that's uh just a couple of options. Of course, uh Sony, Marvel, you can write me or any of the various friends that I asked for ideas. Uh we will uh send you our uh invoice information. So yeah, that uh and Aunt Maze is dead, so I figured that'd be a good time because since I had the funeral home joke in there to throw that in. So uh yes, <laughs> with a perfect the greatest segue in the world I could ever do. Uh now uh Zendaya and Ned, I don't know why they were separated from him or why Peter didn't go immediately to be with his friends afterwards, but uh they're looking to find him and they do the thing. They say, show me Peter Parker. He Ned's able to discover that he uh he uh, has powers through Doctor Strange's rings. Uh, did he just steal the rings? Because he just for fun, or did he no, not know that they were? No, Spider-Man took it. Spider-Man zipped him off, remember? But he did he know the ring was he knew the ring no. was powerful ahead of time. But he, he didn't know how to fun? use it. Okay. Yeah. He just took it so Doctor Strange couldn't use it. Yeah. Right. He just okay, gave gotcha. it to Ned when, 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 they were, when they were fighting. Okay, got it. Yeah, I remember, but I didn't I was like, why did he take it? Just for fun? Um, but he did it to <laughs> stop Doctor Strange from doing the thing. I, I saw the movie. Uh, but uh, the, uh, Dan is able to use it, and it was a really good reveal. I was surprised by who they went with first, but they opened up a portal. They say, show me Peter Parker. We see Spider-Man off in the distance. He sees the portal. They gesture him over. He runs through. As we can get, as he gets closer to, the, uh, to, the, uh, to us, we realize that it's not our Spider-Man. He's wearing a different suit. So he hops in, takes off the mask. Who is it? Andrew Garfield. Whole theater erupts. Gotta clap for Andrew Garfield. I yeah. thought it was amazing. What did you guys, uh, Clay? What did you think of? How did your theater react to Andrew Garfield? Oh, they went loud, and so did I. Yeah, they went loud. But it was exciting. Uh, but and I was sitting on the top, on on the on on the very top. So I was watching everyone's reactions, and when I saw the portal opening, I thought it was uh, Tom Holland. But then mm -hmm. I heard I heard the people like getting up of their seats saying, oh, "It's him! It's him!" And then that, that's when I got pumped up. And you know what, Andrew Gar, I think Andrew Garfield had a better entry than Tobey Maguire. One hundred percent. Because they made such a big buildup with Andrew Garfield and the reveal, and it was such a payoff. While as with Tobey Maguire, they just opened the portal and I'm just here. I'm here. <laughs> well, it was almost like they they like no like he's everybody's been waiting. They're, they you don't have to hype up Tobey Maguire. You can kind of just be like have him just kind of be like I've arrived, and everyone's going to yeah. freak out, which they. Which, yeah, that was what was next. You know, they opened up the portal and then Tobey Maguire came through. Uh, you know, Peyton, what did you think of both Spider-Man's reveals? It was crazy. My theater booed. What? It was great. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they were just, they were furious. They were, no, I, I was really like, don't get me wrong. Seeing Tobey Maguire come out on screen, like I lost my shit. It was awesome. But yeah, I don't know who who was in control of, all right, we're going to do this big build-up for Andrew Garfield. He's going to come out. Everybody's going to cheer. Toby, just step through for us. Yeah. yeah. That'll be good. He should have been delivering pizzas. I don't know. <laughs> he Pizza time. Guys, I'm going to be late. He's like, what? <laughs> Oh, I just so I wanted all of the memes to come through, and it gave me a lot. It's like they went through Raimi memes for some of it, and they're like, "All right, we'll make that joke in the mm -hmm. film. We'll make that joke in the you know, film." Mm -hmm. I was shocked. You know, the only thing I'm a bit disappointed is we didn't get to see the emo dance. We didn't get to see the. <laughs> we did. I would have liked thing. to see that. Would have been a great. Hoping all three of them. Uh, yes, yeah. and it's funny because. It, in 2007, that emo dance, it was cringy to me. Yeah. It was, I hated it. But now, looking back at it, if they would have done it at least this one time with the three of them, I flipped with them. 
I would dance as well with them. Behind and, the scenes, maybe. Yeah, we can only uh, hope. <laughs> an end credit, end credit scene, but nope, it didn't happen. Oh, uh, well. I, I thought the, the introductions, I thought the introductions for Andrew Garfield particularly was really good, but I thought they were, it was serviceable for both. It did seem like a little uninspired for Tobey Maguire. Like they, they definitely realized they only had one really big, you know, alternate Spider-Man reveal. And it was a choice to, to go with Andrew Garfield, but I think they realized that he was the one that needed the pick me up the most for, because Amazing Spider-Man 2. fair left us on a pretty sour taste but i, I never really, thought about that way yeah but it was to, really good though because this movie recognized that andrew garfield wasn't the bad part of those movies but so did spider-man 3 with toby mcguire it ended in a sour taste but, as well but that's still i think it has more defenders than uh than amazing spider-man 2 but but you're right you're right but like um, and that maybe because we now have so many of these good superhero movies that we actually forgive the toby mcguire one you can be whatever you want because we got like the more serious Dark Knight movies, but I was going to take the cynical route. I was like, I was going to say there's been so many bad movies since 2007 that we see Spider-Man <laughs> three and we're like, actually, that's pretty good, you know? Because yeah. there's been some, there's some like you look at X-Men Apocalypse, so the first Suicide Squad. I'll watch, I'll watch uh, 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 Spider-Man three over either of those movies any day. But yeah, I love, uh, I love Tom McGuire in this movie. I like that they were able to go and. Uh, give that like pick me up to uh to tom holland i thought that was a really nice touch and they like, like have the, yeah and it was able to use the personal experience because you could tell the producer whoever wrote this really watched and paid attention to the other uh, five movies or whatever and uh, they were able to kind of use uh like uh have the, the tragedy of gwen and how andrew garfield's spider-man responded to that inform how he would kind of help tom holland as they did kind of with uh with uh Peter Parker played by Tobey Maguire and have him help Tom Holland because of the way he handled Uncle Ben's death. I thought that was really nice. They didn't touch on the Flip Marco aspect of, of Uncle Ben's death, you know, because it is he did, you know, he was one of the bad one of the guys that killed Doc, uh, Uncle Ben in Spider-Man Three. But you know, we'll just brush that aside. But yeah. I, I thought that was a really nice scene to kind of uh, bring up our Spider-Man. Did you guys like that? The like the kind of uplifting or whatever. I mean, what are you gonna do? Hate it? Yeah, no. <laughs> yes. I wanted to see four of spider man Yeah, exactly. Some people the, were saying they're no. more than Miles Morales, Miles Morales or something from the from the animated. And I, I was a little that, on the I was like, I, if you're gonna do a Who Framed Roger Rabbit thing, I don't know if I'm on board with that. Yeah, um, me neither. I'm not interested in that yet. But yeah, and then we get to the of course as we get past the uh the the pick me up scene, we get them kind of getting into action and we get the science bros. There was a really funny joke in the theater whenever uh uh Zendaya is looking at the three uh I don't know if it's a joke even. It's just like she's looking at the three Peters and he's like, "What?" He's like she's like, "I don't know. There's just three of you." And yeah. then uh and then uh I don't know, everybody thought of a a certain meme uh uh, uh that, the no, the, I was gonna go Spider for Man a Pornhub meme, but that's ah. yeah, exactly. Ah. But um, it was funny, and then I liked the stuff where he gets to flex on his organic web shooters. Um, it was just nice. There's that a lot thing of jokes. Out of you, yeah. yeah, like like it was like that's what I was hoping to see. Like I would have hated to see the two of them as a cameo, you know, just to be there for one scene and that's it. Like I wanted to see them talk to each other, you know, play off of their differences and even talk about their tragic uh, issues and past and you know andrew garfield was more like the older brother and toby mcguire was more like of the of like the cool pastor like he was like a like a mentor pretty much since 
he's kind of like the older one. He's the veteran. Mm-hmm. And since he was much calmer in this one, like he could have been like the next Yoda. <laughs> get over, get over Aunt May. You must. <laughs> there were a couple ways they could have gone with Tobey Maguire in this movie. They could have gone Luke Skywalker in the Force or in the Last Jedi and have him be like, man, you know, I'm I'm past <laughs> being Spider Man. I'm reluctant to be Spider Man again, and I'm glad they they didn't. Um, but uh, you know, it was it was good. Uh, did you like the the Science Bros, Peyton? Loved it. I loved it so much. I just the whole. They play so well off of each other. It's so fun to see that all three actors, you throw them in a room. Because, I mean, no matter what, like, if they went in with this mindset, they're like, okay, we got to have Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland. And that has to happen with the way they're wanting to do the movie. So who knows if they all had chemistry with each other and could work off of each other and everything. And they, oh my gosh, they mesh so well together. I was thinking about that too. Yeah, like they they cast Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield never thinking they'd be on screen together. But those right. two particularly, I think, really were great together in this movie. It left me hungry for more. I I just, I don't know. It probably won't. We probably won't ever get a situation where all three of them were on screen again. But it left me hungry for more. It's how kind of I felt at the end of like Zack Snyder's Justice League. I was like, oh, they've discontinued this whole, like, world, and it's leaving me hungry for more, and I'm not going to get it. Way. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I want yeah. this to be continued, but yeah, this is like a, a swan song for Andrew Garfield. and for. But that's why I was glad they were able to tie up the loose ends. I mean, let's get, let's get yes. on to tying up loose ends. You know, they go into the big battle, and I guess the big thing, takeaway that I want to take away from the big battle. Obviously everything we want to happen happens, you know, they fight, we get our iconic money shot, but there was, you know, some particularly some things where Tobey Maguire is able to lift up Andrew Garfield and say, no, 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 you're amazing. You know? And I thought it was played for jokes, but it was also <laughs> kind of like, like kind of like the more successful Spider-Man saying to the less successful one, like, no, you are rightfully part of this, you know, mythology or whatever. And then, uh, and then of course the big payoff, the biggest, character development payoff i think in all time the thing that probably makes this movie for me like obviously they could have not done it and it would have been really good but like my absolute favorite thing in the world that they did in this movie is have andrew garfield save mary jane it was so fucking good like they could have just had him had him give him the pep talk about aunt may and reference gwen stacy and i'd be like okay you you referenced it that's character development it's nice that you acknowledge it but they went there they fully fucking went there and they teased us that's when i cried i knew yeah I knew they were going to go there. That's when I tried. You knew they I, were going to go there? I was I was, I, I was afraid they were. I was like, don't toy with me like that. I was like, maybe they won't. And then they, I was so glad they did. Oh, my and God. And again, and again, it was another way for the Tobey Maguire and especially Andrew Garfield to redeem themselves mm-hmm. on, on this one. And I, and like, it was a good payoff, actually. And it was that, beautiful. And, and uh, in my theater, that's where, again, everybody erupted. Yeah. Over this oh, yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I was with my sister and she was crying over that i'm like yeah. oh i was tearing up too it, 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 I, I, <laughs> it was really good tearing up is is great i have another story in a second about crying again also yeah. thank you for reminding me but uh yeah i thought it was beautiful i thought it was so good i thought they could have overplayed it by having been like oh phew thank god this is exactly how gwen died you know there was like like over explaining it but it was just enough where you could tell like they held on a shot of andrew garfield long enough where you could tell this is really like big for him and i like i kind of liked the added context of mj just being like like yeah i'm good are you good you know and he's like he's like i'm better 
Yeah, yeah, it was, oh, it was so good. It was so nice. And then, of course, they saved the day and having Dr. Octopus meet with uh, Tobey Maguire again and say, my yeah. boy, you're all grown up, uh, which doesn't make sense because I, I think Tobey, because I think they Dr. were fighting Octopus, with each other. Well, and Dr. Well, not Dr. I can't remember where Dr. Octopus was at the, at the the end battle anyway. But like I but like Toby McGuire's older, but Dr. Octopus is supposed to be the same age as the when he was fighting him. So it doesn't make sense to me. But whatever, I'll move past it because it's nice to say it, see him all grown up. And he says, uh, he says, How are you? And he says, trying to do better. And I'm like, oh, that's a reference to the movie. I I liked that shit. So uh, so there's a lot to uh, I think you guys both already talked about the the Mary Jane thing, right? The the mm -hmm. saving Mary Jane. I didn't want to mm -hmm. like. I didn't want to skip over your opinions on that because that's like a really big thing. And then obviously, I hated a... it. That was horrible. <laughs> I, I, I feel like there was a lot about that big battle, though. I mean, I, 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 I kind of like you would expect they save the day. You know, they save the. Oh well, like we'll get to the big how they save the day in the second. You know, with the spell and everything. But anything else about the the battle, the money shot, the, the three Spider Men, the jokes. I like the crack in the back joke. I thought that was some fun downtime. Yes. Uh, but anything that you guys uh, can think of about the final battle that I'm forgetting to bring up at this point? I mean, it was pretty much Jamie Foxx. It was pretty much focused was... on Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Even, I mean, since he was the only actor there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was him <laughs> against a green screen and but... everybody else. Yeah. And what regard... comes in at the end. But regardless, it was still fun to see like the 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 Spider-Mans like interacting with their they're super villains like mm -hmm. hey max i yeah. miss you that was great yeah that was i nice. would have i would have hoped to see toby mcguire interact more with the sandman hey remember when you killed my father the green goblin yeah yeah oh exactly. yes yeah because he's that just they're just standing right next to each other and he stabs him green goblin stabs toby mcguire and then sam, i thought they were gonna kill him i so thought they were gonna kill him sam did you notice have you did you notice that there were times where the villains would just stand in the in the back just yeah. doing nothing like doc og and the green goblin like they, they felt they, very very video game ish at yes, some point. Like what like once they defeated them, they'll just stand there and yeah. uh, he was will be talking one at a time. Uh-huh. And he'll be like, oh mm -hmm. Yeah, they literally did that with Lizard where they put him away until they needed him again. Right? Mm -hmm. Like because like uh, I think Andrew Garfield. He threw him in him a up. truck. Yeah. Well that <laughs> I mean, and then that they did it twice. Yeah, they put him in the truck yeah. and then, and then Andrew Garfield just went... webs him up. Because he's a yeah, walking oh, lizard. lizard. <laughs> he's a walking dinosaur. How are you gonna bring that up in yeah. the building? Throw yeah, a lab coat you? on him. That's. I <laughs> kind of wish they would have given him the classic thing. Whatever. I wish they would have given him the lab coat. The the big thing is the the ending. We kind of talked about all the great stuff. The ending is how they they solve it. Doctor Strange kind of. It's kind of silly now that I'm thinking about it. I don't. I guess I don't like. I really have a problem with how they they put Doctor Strange away and then just bring him back when they need him again. Like is and it? then he solves the movie. That's I mean, kind of. Ooh. That's kind I of. Mean, is that a flaw? I mean, if you want to bring the these older actors, what's the only way you can bring them? Multi-universe. Yeah. Again, you have Frank. to make the movie happen. But like, yeah. it, but he literally just is able to immediately solve the problem when he comes into the picture again. Just say, I to be fair, he. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, that's it. I was just gonna say, just say, I wish, I wish <laughs> you were close. That's all he's gonna do. <laughs> yeah. What were you gonna? I say? was just gonna say. Uh, like Doctor Strange near the I mean I I don't know here's a here's one issue I have in resolution to your issue he doesn't want to do the memory wipe thing anymore like that's not his idea anymore now why he has that 180 and he doesn't want to do it anymore I don't know but uh just to be fair to like Doctor Strange coming and fixing the whole problem he doesn't want to fix it that way 
anymore. That's all on Tom Holland's. Yeah, uh, he makes Parker's the sacrifice, end. which I thought was really he nice. He makes the sacrifice to do that. But yeah, we do need him to do the magic stuff. And suddenly Doctor Strange is like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. It's like, that that was your whole deal, <laughs> my guy. You wanted to resolve this shit. And now you're suddenly like, oh, but that's not good for you. It's like, you haven't given a shit this whole film. And now you just do? Because after 12 He's hours... been really of- thinking in the Grand Canyon. After... <laughs> After 12 hours of being trapped in the Grand Canyon, I realized I actually yeah. care about this boy. Yeah. <laughs> I care about you. Even you, you trapped me in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty much there just to bring all of these characters up. But really, if you think about it, he really doesn't belong there only to just to bring them. That's it. I mean, we didn't come here to see Doctor Strange with all due respect to Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. yeah. Like he, I, I still like Doctor Strange. I think he's a very interesting, like philo- more like a philosophical. Yeah, but in this movie, character. he's like a tool, basically. Yes. yes. Yeah, and then uh, uh, so then well, that's a pretty big thing they do, though, is by having they remove his whole life uh, from existence. I mean, he still like is a person who, who exists somehow, but like they remove, they take away Happy. He doesn't know him anymore. Uh, does that mean he doesn't know any of the Avengers anymore? I guess not. No, he's literally I, not a member of the Avengers anymore. What I he, was wondering is, I was like, do they remember Spider-Man exists, but they don't well, Happy, know Peter Parker? Oh, because Happy does. Happy just Happy no. knows Spider-Man exists. But he doesn't remember. But working he doesn't with know him? Peter Parker is Spider-Man. But, does, but they, does, does so Happy him just walking up with Spider-Man. They don't know who I Peter Parker so. is. They don't know who, they Peter, don't know Parker who Peter Parker is. is. They remember working with Spider-Man, but they don't know Peter Parker. So can Peter is Parker Spider-Man. just go work with them again as Spider-Man just, and then take off the mask? Yes. Okay. No, I think In that's Avengers literally what movie. we're saying. Okay, gotcha, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so it's a little bit. You can't do that with with MJ. It's a little bit harder. Um, but you know, right? But you know, why would he make his own costume? It would be because either he can't afford the the, the Tony Stark, Stark technology because either Happy doesn't know him anymore. And so he has to start from scratch, which I love. I, I don't. I, it's kind of one of those things. So I, in this movie, they solve two big issues that I had with Tom Holland Spider Man. He's kind of a spoiled rich kid because beca- through Tony Stark, <laughs> he becomes a spoiled rich kid and gets all the fancy shit and doesn't have to do anything on his own. And then he hasn't really suffered a lot, a great deal of loss like the other ones have. They solve that immediately because uh, they they give him all sorts of loss in this movie, and then they have him be. He literally lives on his own, and he's like trying to make ends meet. He's, he's probably going to have to find a job at the local paper in the next movie. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, rent, pay, and find a way to pay rent. I was um, hoping to, I was hoping to see that guy again. Rent? Dude, oh, me too. The one they had a guy, he was like, up. rent is due at the first of the month. I was like, you could like, not that get scene. that you to come and say that. Damn it. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so many missed opportunities. The dance, the rent. <laughs> yes. So, but I love I love the ending. I love where you get where you're t- where the possibilities that we have for that. Like he yeah. could go, he could start going to college in the next movie. He could he could meet Gwen Stacy in the next movie. He could go start working for the Daily Bugle in the next movie. Like we can have Tom Holland be the comic because I I like where the MCU is what he's done with Spider Man so far in terms of being an Avengers Spider Man. But he's never yeah. felt like your neighbor your friendly neighborhood Spider Man, and that is like clearly what they're saying they're going to do with the next movie, right? Yeah, I mean. Right. I mean, something I didn't say in the in the Aunt May Dead is the moment that she died, that's when he became Spider-Man because Spider-Man is all about tragedy. It's all about him losing someone. And that is the moment where he actually... Because I thought it would be Tony Stark's dead where he would be like, oh, 
Oh no, Sam Carrico. <laughs> oh, he got he got blipped or uh Thanos is back. <laughs> oh no, Sammy. Go ahead. He'll probably okay. be able to rejoin. All right, I'll continue. So I was talking about Ant's, uh, how Spider-Man became he became Spider-Man after the tragedy and that's what he needed. But yeah, what I was saying is that I thought Tony Stark's dead would be that that tragedy that would pull him to be the Spider-Man, <laughs> but I guess not, because uh, I guess with Ant, <laughs> I guess with Ant's mates, that adds more to his inner story because because this Spider-Man felt more like a like a Avenger Spider-Man, not the epic Spider-Man doing his own stories, you know? Right. So, what do you thought about the ending as well? Oh my gosh, it was so good. I love just one one of my favorite things about. Uh, like iterations of Spider-Man is, and, and sadly I haven't gotten it with Tom Holland, is uh, I like the suits that I can believe, like, oh, this kid made this suit or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, sadly with Tobey Maguire, I look at that suit and I go, no way in hell did you make this suit. You <laughs> did not. And uh, that's the amazing Spider-Man, the first one, I actually buy like, oh, you made this. This is your suit because it kind of looks cheaply thrown together. And we couldn't get a very good look at it. Like we have some uh, low quality screenshots on the internet trying to get a good look at this new suit. Yeah. That Tom Holland's wearing. For the, mo- for the most part. And some of them, some of them, yeah. some of those pictures show like a tribute to Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Right. Oh, really? Like in the design. I, yeah. I think he yeah. incorporated like all of their designs like kind of into one. Oh, that's And I want to get a good. I know because yes. like he knows them and he's like, I got to. And so that would be great. I want a clear look at it, but it, to my knowledge, it looks like, okay, I can, I can buy, buy a hair that you made this yeah, at yeah. your sewing machine. And also, and what it, <laughs> sure. and what, and what it, and what it adds as well is that how he lost everything, not only the people that he knew, but the technology, the weapons that he would carry on his suit. Yeah. Now it's just a it's just a cloth that he's wearing to fight. Like it's no it's no bulletproof. It's no nanobots. It's no going through air uh, to space. Uh huh. <laughs> it's just him, him, his tingly feelings and responsibility. Having the moral sense of doing what's good. That's that's what that's what not only Ant's Maestead made him as Spider Man. Like it's everything that he lost. That's what made him as Spider Man. Exactly. Oh, so good. It was such a great ending to a great film. I thought it was amazing. The only thing, though, by this point, I, I've cried a couple times. I've welled up. But this, I don't know how your guys' movie theater experience was. But in my theater, I, I, I first of all, I'm a fan, okay? I loved, I clapped at all the right times. I cheered at all the right times. And I cried at all the right times. There was a nice lady behind me who was uh, crying. Like, like, let's say wailing at the screen like 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 full-on like sobbing and like it was like okay so something like the aunt may thing happened she's like crying i'm like me too i got you but she would kept and it kept going so i go like you know like that and then and then something else happens (laughs) 
<laughs> that, you know, and then at the end of the movie, the the spell happens, and then she's like, "That's really sad." She starts crying some more. She's like, she's like sobbing even louder. So I'm like, okay, at this point, it's been going on for like 20 minutes, and so I look at, you know, I do a little <laughs> another look back again, a little quick one, and then so at this point, I'm like, all right, whatever. She's just being a clown. That's fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. And then and then the 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 scene in the diner with Tom Hall, which was a sweet scene. I thought it, again, I'm a fan. I like this. I'm having, I'm here to enjoy, like, I'm, you know, and then the, the late, the, so this, the scene with Zendaya happens and he doesn't give her the letter. And whenever she, he like pull, like on, like on a dime, the very moment he doesn't take the, <laughs> he, he chooses not to give her the letter. She just starts. Bleh! And I'm just, me and my brother, we can't control it at this point. We just burst out laughing. And I feel like a dick. <laughs> I feel like a bad person because I'm like laughing at this lady who is like clearly like having an experience at this Marvel movie. Guys, you know, am I, I would, an asshole? No, you're just laughing that <laughs> that it worked, that somebody could actually buy <laughs> into it. Like, yeah, guys, so we dead. did it. That's 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 art. Well, yeah, yeah, especially you, 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 Clay, who didn't cry at all. I I at least cried a little bit. Like, come on. Hey, no, am I am I an asshole? <laughs> No, no, no. Just that, for me to, to cry in movies, to cry in movies is yeah. hard for me. Is if like I didn't cry with Notebook, I didn't cry with Titanic, I didn't cry with The Lion King. You're so heartless. Thank <gasps> you. Thank you. <laughs> he says I revel in it. Oh my I gosh, mean, guys! I mean, you go ahead. And I was hoping I was gonna cry with Endgame, but then I realized, nope. I mean, I That's was sad. Solidified it for you. You're like this. This is just never gonna happen. No. I just cried in I just cried in the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we've reached the end of the movie. That was it. It was uh, an epic experience. Uh, Clay, uh, let's start with you. But I, we already gave opening thoughts. But now that we've kind of gone through the whole thing and had a second to reflect, uh, are there any closing thoughts that you've had on the film? Now that you can talk about spoilers more, it just shows that that right now with the pandemic. Now that that where they're asking if movies are we gonna our theaters are still gonna be alive during pandemic era, and the answer is probably yes. The only issue is this Spider-Man movie shows that people are willing to go to the theater to have a, a fun moment, have the experience, the 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 story. They don't need to stay in their couches and their rooms all night. The problem is they have to make them bigger. It can't be just such a, a small thing. Like it has to be something like Endgame proportion or yeah. this Spider-Man. It has to be huge. Yeah. That's why. I'm, that's why I'm kind of. I'm kind of wondering how is the new Flash movie gonna make because they're gonna bring Michael Keaton as Batman. Like, is it gonna be you know this level that level or mm. minor or is it not gonna be or it's not gonna be as good? That's what I'm wondering. Third how biggest box office opening ever. Best of the pandemic era. Like that's a big like tall order and yeah the, you're right the flash is trying to do the same thing essentially with bringing back michael keaton and doing a multiverse kind of thing oh that's a lot of a lot they've they've set the bar but it's safe <laughs> to say that you would recommend the movie oh yes <laughs> uh Peyton, no way home good or bad it, it's good and i have three closing uh like thoughts about it uh the first one is uh we didn't really talk about it that uh I feel like Venom was just kind of a weird practical joke, I guess, for the film I hate or something. This, I hate it. Like I, I feel a little like Ralph Bonard from the whole thing. Like at the yeah. end of Let There Be Carnage, we bring him into this universe just to take him out. 
yeah. again. And it's like, okay, like, yes, he's but they left a little symbiote. bit, yeah. Cool. Well, that cool. means they might do the Can't symbiote wait. in the next movie. Or yeah. Anything. Can't wait. I mean, do you, <laughs> but I just feel a little. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see that version of Ben with Tom Hardy because he's such a joke. He's such yeah, a exactly. joke. Like, that, he's not a villain. Like whenever they teased him fighting Tom Holland at the end of, the, of Venom, I was like, why? Why would he fight him? They're both like just right. like, clowns. Just but... one question. Did the end credit scene from Venom Carnage rub you the wrong way? Because it did with me. I just didn't see any reason for them to fight. Like he looks at the screen, like like he's like, "Oh, I can't wait to to to, to meet him." You know, like you know, I'm just like, no, you have no reason no. to fight him. Oh, I I was just thinking, oh, this is like a, a pedophile alien because oh, that's the only, that's oh, the only reason. I, I didn't take it that way, but yeah, that's, you're right. That's, that's how I took it because what 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 older person is gonna look at some kid in the screen and say he looks delicious and look at the screen on his face? Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, imagine not knowing the context of like the Spider-Man black suit thing and just being like, "Oh, that that symbiote is a creep." That symbiote <laughs> has a fetish for kids. <laughs> Peyton, uh, what were uh, the other yeah. two points? Yes, uh, just the second thing. I cannot wait to see what direction uh, this film goes. I, I I mean, the series goes now that he's in college. We're gonna. He's living on his own. He is a he is a young independent boy. Uh, but then lastly, I I am excited to go see it again. I think at some point next week I am going to go see it again because yeah, I am wondering go with a lot of the well. things yeah, with a lot of thing a lot of the things I did like about the movie, how much of it is hype. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think the second time I go in, I am going to probably be a little more critical mm-hmm. about a few things. So like right now like it is a solid like 10 out of 10 movie for me. Like I had a blast. And I, I'm curious to see when I go back, if it's going to be dialed down a couple of notches. I think, I think for me, it's going to dial down the comedy. I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm not going to like the comedy as much anymore, but I'm mm-hmm. still going to enjoy the villains talking. I'm still going to enjoy the Spider-Mans getting together and the big sacrifice of Tom Holland. That's what I'm going to enjoy. But I don't know how are they going to go after this? What are they going to do with the the fourth Spider-Man movie, is it going to be bigger or something like, like the second one? Something I hope smaller. they go a little bit smaller. Yeah, personally, I'd love yeah. to see a Craven, the Hunter, just, you know, like just a, somebody trying to take down Spider-Man or uh, Scorpion or Shocker. Yeah, where's Scorpion? Yeah, he's been introduced, right, in the previous movies? Yeah, in yeah. jail. Yeah, he could be in jail. Uh, I guess Vulture (laughs) is going to be in Morbius, so the multiverse madness does not end. And then, of course, briefly, uh, did you guys see the Doctor Strange uh, uh, teaser? You guys excited for Doctor Strange? Yeah, yeah. Because it because it pretty much uh, progresses the multi universe story that's going to lead to the big villain. You know, and plus, and plus, I'm kind of a fan of Scarlet Witch. Like, I love Scarlet Witch. I liked WandaVision. I, that's probably been my favorite uh, yeah. show of this year so far. Uh, or favorite MCU. Sorry, MCU show of this year. It's been would, my favorite, so I would I say, see the next one. I would say it's my second. Probably Loki is my favorite. I hate Loki so much. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> I hated Loki so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, I love this movie, though. So yeah, my final... Uh, Peyton, did we get all your all your thoughts and everything? Yes. Excellent. So yeah, my I, basically, I've been trying to... You talked about the critical eye. I've been trying to do that. There are a lot of problems I have with how this movie, the structure of it functions, and how the characters do make really dumb choices. It, a lot of the Tom Holland stuff, I'm able to kind of reconcile with it being part of his arc, 
And and like I said in the in the opening monologue, I uh, think that Tom Holland really is able to just come into his own in throughout the course of this movie. A little with a little help from his friends, uh, he's able to come into the court and come into his own and just really make the role his own. So he's talked about whether or not he's going to still do this. I think they could go either way. You know, either if they end it now, this is a great end to this trilogy. You could end it now if you want to, but you could do another trilogy. You've kind of done a perfect origin story almost. So so I I really love this movie, but it's not you know it's not spider-man 2 it's not spider-man 1 it may be the third best spider-man movie ever though i think it may be do you guys think that's an ambitious thing to say i don't know i mean it's my favorite of all so far it's like, my okay. favorite right now maybe, maybe. okay <laughs> yeah like i'm trying not to be too you know fanboyish but it's you know, the best <laughs> It is the best Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland movie they've no. done as Spider-Man. I mean, it's it is their, it yeah, is their redemptive. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is though. their redemption. It, does help. it uh -huh. does help. But the reason that it's good, though, for, I don't know, is because the Tobey Maguire ones were so good. This is the way I'm trying to look at it. But but also, the Amazing Spider-Man ones were not good. And I haven't been impressed with Tom Holland to this point. So I like the first the best one. Of, yeah, well, this is the best, in my opinion, Amazing Spider-Man, or like the best Andrew Garfield yeah the best Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. I still think Spider-Man 2 is way up there. Uh, but, you know. but let's give Andrew Garfield some credit because they give him such a bad rap for no reason. Like, he is not a bad Spider-Man. Like, he has so much of the cocky side, the comical side. Oh, he's great in the role. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. He just so, needed a good story, which he got here. But yeah, I would highly recommend this movie. Obviously, if you watched this video uh, and joined us along the way, it's because you watched it as well. So hopefully uh, everybody enjoyed it as much as we did. I, I, it's so nice to, I'm a cynical person. I just mentioned I hated Loki. I did not like Shang-Chi. Star Wars sucks now. So it's just like, it's so I nice. Agree. To, that's what the closing monologue will be. So in a second, we'll talk about how this does what Star Wars failed at. But like, the, this uh, has just been such a joy to just go in and, and I was looking for things too, man. I was like, all right. And I found a couple, you know, like logistical things, but oh my gosh, it was so nice to enjoy a movie for once. So <laughs> with that out of the way, uh, thank you guys so much for joining. Was there anything else that you want to say before I close out here? No. Excellent. Thank you guys. Clay Fisher, classic modern film. I have the link to your channel in the description of this video. Thank Peyton you. Grufik, uh, you're always doing stuff. Of course, Instagram, <laughs> Peyton Grufik on Instagram. You can find out any of his latest projects. Still, there's a short film out there that I haven't seen, so I'm looking forward to checking out at some point. But uh, until, the, uh, until next time, guys, I hope you'll enjoy this closing monologue where we talk about how, as I pull it up in the most gracious way, how I talk about how uh, this film did what uh, Star Wars failed at. It's going to come up and start talking. Now that we've got... There it is. All right. Thank you guys so much, and I'll let previous Sam close out the show. That Spider-Man spoiler warning out of the way. Can we stop pretending that fan service is always a bad thing? Fan service is something added to a story by writers that's intended to please the audience. It was originally used to describe sexual content being put in anime or manga in Japan, but has taken on a whole new meaning with American blockbuster movies. Star Wars The Force Awakens is a good example of modern fan service gone awry. If you've seen it, you know the state of the galaxy has been largely reset to that of the original trilogy, with the First Order acting as the Empire and the Resistance acting as the Rebels. There's a new Death Star and Han Solo says Chewie were home in the Millennium Falcon. This is all intentionally included to make the audience cheer and go, I recognize that! But this fan service is contrary to what makes sense for that story. Why is there a powerful Empire stand-in when the Empire was defeated in the last movie? Why do we need a new Resistance? 
Star Wars The Last Jedi learned all the wrong lessons from The Force Awakens and tried to subvert our expectations. You want to see Luke Skywalker train our new protagonist? Too bad, he refuses, hiding away from his responsibilities as The Last Jedi. Expect some payoff with Snoke? Curious if your theory is correct? Well, he's dead. No explanation. Imagine if No Way Home had done this. Zendaya and Ned find Tommy McGuire. They ask him to help, but he tells them that being Spider-Man ruined his life and he'll never don the suit again. So Tom Holland goes to face the Green Goblin alone. Then Green Goblin is immediately killed by like the lizard or something just because he got hungry. Now that would subvert our expectations. Wouldn't really be worth the hype though. So if you've seen the movie, again, spoiler alert, you may think that it's gone too far with fan service, but I'd argue that most of it makes sense for the story. Is it fan service to have Norman tell Peter he's something of a scientist himself? Definitely. But he was trying to do anything to get out of his cell. Is it fan service to have Aunt May repeat Uncle Ben's iconic phrase to Peter number one? Yes, but it's something that he truly needed to hear in that moment, and it leads to a payoff with Peters 2 and 3. Is it fan service to have Andrew Garfield save MJ when Tom Holland can't? Obviously, but it completes an arc serving as a natural progression for his character. Spider-Man No Way Home does what other movies only pretend to, and that's listen to its fans. And when the fans are the ones paying the bills, sometimes doing what they want isn't really a bad thing. Okay, that's our show. I'd like to send a special thank you to Clay Fisher and Peyton Grufik for joining me this week. Thanks also to John Lian for additional writing on these monologues, and to you, our viewers. Thank you so much for checking this video out, guys, and I'll see you in the next one.